Honor. I am a revolutionary. <laughs> I'm Z. <laughs> and it's your boy, No Sleep in the Building, man. And it's a True Indeed podcast. Yeah, yeah. We happy, lit. happy Friday. We don't usually link up on Fridays. So, go ahead. Nah, Friday. Hey, look, look the, the men are sharing a mic today. They, they, have a, they having a time the over there. Shit. Niggas be getting too close to the mic. Like, uh, we're going to bring it closer to you. It's fine, guys. We got a guest speaker today. (laughs) Mental health check-in right quick. How are we? Look, man. It's no sleep, man. I don't do that. You don't do... Okay, I get it. I get it. That almost (laughs) went over my head. That almost went over my head. (laughs) Nah, it's the the weekend, man. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to get some work done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank God it's Friday. I ain't lying. The year is almost over. Thank you, Jesus. What about (laughs) y'all? How y'all feeling, man? I'm chilling, man. It's Friday. Made it through the week. Mm-hmm. Feel good. We got a guest speaker today, but before we introduce the queen, let's get into our word of the day. The word of the day is resilience. Resilience is defined as the ability of a person to adjust or to recover readily from illness, adversity, major life changes, etc. Also could be defined as buoyancy. Mm-hmm. Resiliency, that's a very heavy word. I feel like uh, the the librarian on the morning announcement, she'd be giving the word of the day every morning at school. We, we doing that for y'all out there. Make sure you use these words as part of your daily vocabulary. No count. Resilience. Shout out to Norview. We had the word resilience on the third floor. And always. You know what? I think most schools do it at somewhere. For real? Yeah, like they have words real? like dream and resiliency yeah. and stuff like that somewhere. That shit always stuck with me. No bullshit. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It didn't matter, and really, until you had to like show that resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, it, sh- it, it resonates yeah, at I'm some like, point. Like damn, now, I'm glad they put that word. Up Let's show that. Now Let's you can that. understand what it means, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you heard that voice. <laughs> that is our guest speaker. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, today's topic is necessary. Very necessary. Uh, we've been going back and forth about how we wanted to approach this. Um, especially, you know, the way we, we go about the podcast, we're our third, what is this? This is probably our third or fourth episode in, and you guys are getting a feel for how we do things. We're getting a feel for ourselves. So this topic today was a little scary almost, mm-hmm. but necessary for sure. Real. For sure. And today we have Miss, Miss Real World Changer, Mr. Underground since 1965. Am I saying it? Oh, girl. You, 19, okay. Wait, but something yeah. happened in 1965. What happened? The Civil Rights Act of 1965. You heard me? Okay. I was oh, on to something. <laughs> it's a real world changer. All of that. Miss Angie Day. You know, like, how old are you? <laughs> hey, y'all. It's your girl, Angie Day, a.k.a. Real World Changer. What's good? What's good, What's queen? good, welcome, Angie welcome, Day? Welcome. 
Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I feel like you're always busy, like, to have a piece of your time today. I'm very grateful. We're grateful. Thank you. I'm happy to sit down and relax with y'all. Yeah. So, great vibes. Good We're vibes. Big vibes. Thank you. Um, Miss Angie Day has been on the ground since May, since these uprisings in our black communities, as we all know what's going on in the world, um, the, the need for change as it pertains to black people and our relationship with the law and the people that are supposed to uphold the law and things of that nature. So she's going to be here with t- today with us to uh, unpack all of this. So let's get into it. Let's get, get it. into it. Yeah, tell us more about your journey. Tell us more about your upbringing. Just give us a little Just give yeah, us a tell little us about Where you from, Angie Day? <laughs> I'm from the Bronx, New York. Uh, but I've been out here for a while. I've done high school here um, and back and forth between New York, middle school, elementary school, all of it, just back and forth, back and forth. Virginia is definitely my second home. Uh, just been kind of doing this type of work all my life, like eighth grade, starting petitions in school, you know, going up to college, starting protests up there and just seeing the need to do work um, out in May really inspired me. Um, of course, there was a lot going on and I wasn't really as inspired to hit the streets, but uh, May did something different and it woke up a different fire. Then I was like, yeah, I'm going to organize this protest and that it just been on the ground since so mm-hmm. and that was during a time where i think the world was all on the same page mm-hmm. even those that are not of color we just all had a big huge i am sick of this moment mm-hmm. and yeah. here in virginia um we i feel like being here a lot of times because well now we're seeing it but during that time and i'm you know i'm gonna speak for me but it felt like we were almost oblivious to it is that the word i want to use like it's not happening at home but it's happening in the world how do i how do i how am i supposed to feel you know yeah no i can identify with that because it got to a point where i didn't to be completely honest with y'all i kind of like shut myself off from the news because it was so much it's like it it was numbing a little bit Mm -hmm. to where it was like oh somebody else you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it really wasn't even, like, an event, unfortunately. And it caused me to just even, like, not really want to be in tune with world events. Mm-hmm. I came, I became more concerned with my world. And mm-hmm. it was, like, you know what I'm saying? If it didn't happen in front of me, I just don't know. Not that I don't care. I think it's an important issue. But that was my way of coping was actually. You had to cope personally, you know, yeah. with yourself, first and foremost. It starts mm-hmm. there. Um, that was a lot. I'm going to tell you, like, on top of this pandemic, mm-hmm. that was way too fucking much. Right. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, right. I think this has been going on. Well, I know this has been going on for so many years, for so many years, for over 400 years, right? Yeah, right. And I think, <laughs> um, like, for me, one of the things that kind of came to me was, like, I started finding those memories from Facebook, right? And, like, you start seeing the things with Trayvon Martin, and I mm-hmm. think about how far we've come from Trayvon Martin and how we're still here thinking about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Donovan Lynch, Isaiah Brown, Xavier Hill, like there's so many names that have added on since that list. But I think that once you wake up, you wake up. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, I just woke up and it was like, listen, I have nothing to lose with my chains. I'm going to hit these streets. Somebody has to fight. And then we need to move protests to policy. So it was just more so like it. George Floyd's death made you feel something different. Breonna Taylor's death was already a big thing um, back when she was killed in March. And so like, for me, I was already kind of going through that, but I was in school, working full-time, going to school full-time, and still even doing that in May, I graduated, and it was like, you're working a full-time job, how can I do this while still trying to go to school? But once May came, I was like, I'm graduated, I'm going to hit this ground, and that's just it, because it was like, 
you couldn't watch what happened to George Floyd and say, like, okay, this is humane, right? Like, it's right. no way. And if you did, then you really might have some demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some yeah. real life demons. Mm-hmm. That was, like, it was, it, obviously, it's been brewing and brewing and coming to a head. But I think that was that breaking point for the world. Mm-hmm. The whole world was protesting. Mm-hmm. People in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but totally. I want to I wanna know your experience here on the ground where we from. <laughs> How, what was that like? What was that about? Virginia, um... Virginia got hectic. I organized, like, my first protest last May, June-ish, downtown Norfolk, and that one wasn't bad. It was pretty solid. Um, Norfolk is really pretty decent when it comes to policing as far as protesting, Mm -hmm. right? They just kind of want to regulate you and tell you where to go, and that's almost annoying, right? They're, like, too nice, and we really want to get our message across. We don't want you to lock off the streets. It's always like, all right, just let them do do their thing. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that's not what we're here for. We're going to do our thing regardless, and that's what you need to know. Um, but Virginia Beach, man, I mean, I'm tear gas, smoke bombs, like beating with batons, like officers throwing glass and throwing projectiles back into the crowds. Like so it was completely different. I mean, it was so bad that the people that were on top of the like parking lots were like, yo, man, this is this tear gas. We're we're literally feeling it all the way here. The wind was everywhere. I mean, on the ocean front, on the sand, there was tear gas and people were getting affected. And so a lot of tourists had to experience that too because they're just mm-hmm. here to have a good weekend. Little do they know, it's uprisings, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it was very difficult being on the ground because you just never know what's going to happen. I think that that's just the biggest thing. Um, you just don't know if you're going to make it home. Like, that's just the reality. We had someone try to plow us over, Manny Wilder, tried to plow us over with his, like, red pickup truck. So all these things are happening while you're still out there. You just don't know. Like, you never know who has a gun. You never know who's going to do something stupid. You never know who's, like, going to stab you. You never know who an enemy really is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the... It it was rough. It was rough. Um, But How has your life changed since, you know, know, going this full throttle with activism? Uh. Frontline activism. (laughs) Um. It looks completely different, to be honest. Uh, I was going to Regent Law School, started there, and I actually left due to the way they were reacting to some of the things I was saying, my Facebook post telling me, like, delete certain things. Um, just, it was really problematic. So that was a dream for me to go to law school. You know, I always wanted that. And so to go there, it was like, it's local. I can still do the work. But they really didn't want real world changers, even though their mission is Christian leaders changing the world. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy Uh, so it's definitely changed I feel like I don't really speak to a lot of people that I used to speak to like it's no beef or anything like that but I think that what has become important to me isn't important to them and I feel like that's okay. It's just we're in different places in our life right mm-hmm. now because I feel like there's something bigger I have to fight on. Like, mm-hmm. I used to be really big on just spending money on all kinds of things. And, I mean, I've always been a giving person, but now it's like all of my time, all of my efforts mm-hmm. goes to the work because it's just needed. Like, there's so much going on within our communities. There's no food. There's people that's out here really getting beaten up by the police, serving wrongful sentences and all kinds of things. And it's like you really can't stay silent. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's just changed as far as, like, spending a lot more time on myself, uh, a lot more time in the community. Um, it's hard, you know, with jobs and trying to get people to hire you because they think you're a problem, right? You're a troublemaker. So you see something wrong, you're going to speak on it. And a lot of people want people that are more silent um, as well. So I think... Yeah, they want yes men. Yeah, and I'm never going to be a yes man That's or a yes woman. That's with so, anything. Yeah. Especially around here. Ooh. Yeah, um, that, that's another conversation. Do you feel that um, you are seeing the change... That you want to see? I think change is happening. Change takes time, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the Montgomery boycott didn't last for one month, right? <laughs> like it was long. It was it was very long. It lasted over three hundred days, I believe. Um, and so I watched how like we were able to get Brianna's law enacted in Virginia, the state of Virginia, right? And the state of Kentucky hadn't even completely adopted that law. So that's just an example of how we moved that protest to policy. So I think that there's definitely changes that are happening, even being able to get the community, um, the citizens review board, well, citizens review panel in Virginia Beach approved that's a step in like the right direction that not was perfect, very recent but that's very um very much a step in a decent direction i think so um i think it's happening i think people are coming together we're building community i think people are starting to realize the importance of mutual aid and really building that community within our communities mm-hmm. um and getting to know your neighbor and those type of things so i think it's happening slowly but surely mm-hmm. and you go to a lot of these um council meetings and things like that right yeah i do <laughs> talk, 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 talk about that. that a little bit. Um, well, like, unless you get on the agenda, you'll be waiting forever, and then they don't record the public comments. So, like, if you don't get on the agenda, then the public will never hear what you had to say. Mm. Uh, so that's one part of it. The second part is, like, they're very unorganized. Like, a lot of times, the I don't know, the note taker, whatever lady, she has to, like, like rear in. Yeah, the auditor. She has to... Um, we are in like the mayor, like, hey, don't forget we have to take the vote. Like, you should know that. You're the mayor, right? So it just shows that these people, are they don't even know what their job is to do uh, and how to act in these situations. I think they're disrespectful. Uh, the vice mayor, I believe his name's Jim Wood of Virginia Beach, wore a Blue Lives Matter mask um, after Donovan had just been killed. So no respect. Uh, and I think it's it's very hard to go to these places and speak on these topics because Sometimes it's like talking to a brick wall, mm-hmm. to be honest. But like you have yeah, to because in the face. yeah, and right. But if on, if one person hears my message, then I change and I change one life, one thought, then I did my job, That's right? All that matters. That's all that matters. So I think um, it's difficult because it's time consuming, right? Mm-hmm. Those things take hours. Six sometimes they run to nine o'clock mm-hmm. uh, from six, but it's it's just worth it. Now, as we talk about Black Lives Matter, um, the conversation can't be just about the people versus the police. Um, sometimes it's the people versus ourselves, mm-hmm. the people versus the people. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. How do we feel like about that, honest? Colorism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that is probably like where I stand on the whole issue, first and foremost, is like before it becomes about like the interaction between the police and our community it's like how do we handle the how do we handle ourselves how do we handle our own disputes what 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 and i'm not like necessarily trying to um discount the the police brutality aspect but um really like how how do we handle our own traumas how do we build better communities right how do we build the bridge like where do you begin i think for community building, um, I love this, right? Because, it, you know, people love to say black on black crime, but you don't say white on white crime, right? Mm-hmm. Or Spanish on Spanish crime. Like, that's never a thing. So I, so <clears throat> intentional. Right. So intentional. Always trying to make us seem like we're some savages. Um, but It I, starts with that Willie Lynch letter, yo. Like, we are literally even, programmed to hate each other and ourselves. That, I was just going to say, that's why I, um, I, I made it a point about that is because just because we're not white we're not hispanic or anything like that it's like because of that leather letter and knowing that we've been pro- programmed like that 
how do we break that so that way the police don't even need to be in our communities. We can police ourselves. So one, do you know that the Willie Lynch letter actually came from a bunch of different letters and then they made it into one letter? They took what they learned at that time and made it into a letter. Mm -hmm. So like to tell about how disgusting, right? Mm -hmm. Like that tells you how disgusting you are for mm -hmm. one. You take a old, you take all these different people's views and what they learned from slaving, enslaving people mm -hmm. and tell them how to create the best slave, right? right. So, um, so there's one issue, but I think within our communities, it's the important, that's where we start is mutual aid mm -hmm. when you're able to mentor people within the community when you're able to go door to door and canvas and talk to these people and go give free food and give free medical supplies and able to build those connections we start to get to know each other right. a lot of times you don't even know your personal. neighbor so you don't even know yes and make it personal right so like you don't have to be all in their business but you know that they have two kids right so you know that they got two mouths to feed so you're less likely to steal from them and rob for their resources because you know that they need their resources mm -hmm. just as bad as you need them right. mm -hmm. so I think that's a big part of building community um i think people always talk about crime but black people don't just people in general don't just rob people because of nothing right they're robbing somebody because they need a resource they want mm -hmm. something so what you have to do is create more resources within your community mm -hmm. so people aren't lacking them right right it's definitely the environment um i give a lot of precedence to the environment just as much as the choices that are made but the, the choices that are made are usually a result of, you know what I'm saying, what you grow up seeing, whether it's... I'm about to say that. It starts, it starts at home. At home and, but then it starts with the youth, I The neighborhood like. right after that. You know what I'm saying? But even going a step further, it's like they try to destroy our families, right? Exactly. Like that's That's happened for years. The mm -hmm. policing system has destroyed the, the judicial system. Taking a black father out the household. Taking the black father out the household, creating harsher sentences for black people. Um, so that's even a, a large problem that we're still working through, right? But right. that's one great reason why legalization of weed, right? Like, I don't even speak on... This is so weird I'm even speaking on this because I don't even speak on this publicly, but... Like, even legalization of marijuana, right? How many people are going to be free from jail as they continue to let up on these petty charges, right? And how many of those are black people? Yeah. Like, let's be honest. The people that are in jail for weed are black people. Right. White people. Now, I know are, Governor Northam, he... July 1st, mm -hmm. will be able to legally smoke. Um, but even the people that are in jail for petty uh For the petty offenses. But the only thing with that is you need to break those charges that were associated with that petty crime of marijuana, right? Mm -hmm. Like... If marijuana is the crime you were arrested for or whatever, then whatever that crime outside of that was. So let's just say it was, um, let's say I got stopped for weed in the car, but then I got another ticket for something else. Like, no, then I need all of that grace because it stems mm -hmm. from this marijuana charge. Mm -hmm. So we really have to work on breaking that, changing the um, le mm -hmm. legal standpoint of that. Right, right. And I was just reading the laws on that just to see. We won't have dispensaries and shit still till 2024, but we can they grow be out like here. four plants. But I think medicinally, mm -hmm. they're going to have dispensaries. I've, I've seen some. I've seen a video, and I think it's going viral on social media, where there's a dispensary or a, a growers a, a farm in Chesapeake. Mm -hmm. Well, I ain't I've been hearing trying to a lot make nobody shit hot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Listen, I don't no know names. nothing about that. <laughs> I don't know I nothing. just was reading the laws, and that's what it said. I think we got to edit that part out. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Wherever you are, thank you. Yeah. Man, yeah. it's already viral. What you mean? I don't they come in, y'all. They come in. But that just show you right there, though, like, the power of the people. Like, Period. To be able to, be able to that man from Chesapeake, we don't know if he really from Chesapeake <laughs> you know or not. How it's a man? Allegedly. So it's Allegedly. a man? It got to be a man? It could be 
allegedly anybody. Women can grow too. They can the be fuck? non-binary. How about that? Most definitely. And to <laughs> be able look, to reach the masses, to be able to reach the masses like that, that just show you the power of the people. That just Period. show you how powerful our voice is. Fred Hampton said, "Where there's people, there's power." I'm just saying, we need to get these people together so we can change and we can get some power. We need political power, right? We don't need equality. We need equity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And economic power, just social economic yeah. development, right? That's yeah. the biggest thing within our communities is we lack resources. Socioeconomic, we're always it's always our communities that are low socioeconomic status. Why is that, right? Mm-hmm. That's a part of the government what they do. But what people don't know is white people are on more food stamps than black folks. Mm. They won't talk about those statistics, right? Is that because that is so they are a larger part of the... Because whenever that's brought Could up, be. I just wonder, is it because they are a larger part of the population that just the numbers are obviously going to be bigger? Or like, like what's the percentage? Could be, that's but even with the... It's it's still a like a large gap. So even with mm-hmm. like the... People always say that too when like when we think about police killings, when we're like, oh yeah, black people make up this percentage of police killings, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, oh, they're not getting more killed. No, they are because they're a smaller population. Exactly. You're killing this number of people exactly. and then this is a larger population and you're not killing as many people. Right. That means that black people are getting killed right. more, Very right? More. Like, come on. And it's the same thing as far as food stamps, right. Right. ultimately. So I want to kind of circle back to talking about the police and their very big part in these stories mm-hmm. we we i've recently One, learned two, police offices go to school how long before they get their badge Child, not long enough it's, that's not even call it a school it's a training academy like it's you got to take a course you need right, to learn right pretty much it's schooling they go through. They go to school for, or they go to the academy rather for six months. They get their gun and their badge, and they hit the streets. Yep. Six, months. six months. That's all I say. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wild. Six months, bro. So in six months, you're supposed to drop any type of racism, any type of biases that you have, right? Because right. they teach you that within six months how to drop your biases that you've had for thirty six years. That's smart. I, do do we even know if they teach them how to do they're that? They're supposed to in some in yeah. some fields, right? But there's you. They're not what supposed you gonna to hire do in people. Six months. At this point, they're not supposed to hire people that intentionally show biases, right? Like, that's all supposed to be against the thing. But I mean, at this point, I feel like the people should know what exactly they're doing in the academy. Like, their their coursework, that should be public information. What they have to go through, like, literally to the T. Trying to release. Detail by detail. So much detail is like, it's crazy. Like, I. Like, the police budget is, like, $76 million. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Community Services Board, who's supposed to take care of homelessness, mental health, all of that, $25 million budget, right? Mm-hmm. One-third of the budget. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Office of Homelessness only had a $256,000 budget mm-hmm. when the police had a $70 million budget. Mm-hmm. So we got all this money into policing, all this money into equipment, all this money into personnel, but the people are left stuck. Struggling on the street. For you to arrest for no reason. For being houseless because you have nowhere to go. So now I'm just want I'm trespassing, mm-hmm. right? So now I got an- another charge. And I don't have no money to pay that charge. So now I'm in another charge, right? It's like they put more yeah. money into like pretty much like putting you in jail than they do actually preventing you from being in a situation where you would go to jail. Then you got to pay to be in jail. Then you got to pay crazy. to be in jail. It's all about money. Like, make it make sense. I feel like it's all about money at the end of the day. Power. Capital- money mm-hmm. and power. Capitalism is white supremacy. I'm just saying. This is sickening. That's a different conversation okay, for a we'll different day, but there are black capitalists. Oh, and they're there. terrible oh, for too. Sure. 
but I mean... Everybody wants money, right? But imagine if we could trade resources. And that's, like, why I try to... I'm not saying, like, obviously capitalism. We need it, right? Like, we need money. I get it, right? But imagine if we could barter our resources. There was a time. Imagine if we could really go back to bartering. Because then it's like... Man, I can't I can't pay to get my hair done this week, but I could babysit your kids for two hours for you, and that's the same amount of time it takes you to do my hair. Now we got a deal, right? And we built that community. So that's like that's my biggest thing is like how can we build a better community? Right, right. Let's barter resources because then we don't have to worry as much. Like then we don't have to worry about money as much, right? And now we're not living off of this society as everything's capitalism, 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 and we can't have anything. We can't grow. We can't. Man, I I babysit. For a hairstyle, I ain't gonna lie. For a fresh wig, yes, I do it. And it's still fuck them girl. kids. Babysit my son. <laughs> no, she for probably serious in the motherfucker. Nails, yeah, girl, yeah. Serious in the motherfucker. Shoot, I might babysit for some artwork at this point. This girl is fire. Oh, okay. Shoot. You know what's crazy about that point though is I often ask like, what would be the universal currency like if time if aliens came like, and of course <laughs> our money isn't going to be aliens. worth shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? What what would be the real currency on Mars or some shit like that? You know what I'm saying? Just to that whole bartering point and having resources, what is it that would Elon is going to put Dogecoin on Mars. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be are you able to complete a task? Yeah. Are you able to do are you able to do what your time? Yeah. I really think no, the time, time the time is, is different. It time is different. I'm talking about are you physically and mentally able to complete the task, not about the time that it takes to do it. Okay. In my heart of hearts, I feel like it'd be how much love you show people. Like, you're, like if karma was equivalent to your coins, mm-hmm. and That's real. we was like that, you know what I'm saying? That's a whole we lot of wealth a to be talking. a whole different mm-hmm. system, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? How well you treated other people and how well you contributed to he the world. You actually had to be a good fucking person? Imagine mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That'd be a major redistribution of the wealth. Shit, get rid of the internet and you you possibly see these changes. But the internet itself is a gift to the world. You know what I'm saying? Because it's connected us. It's That's true. The, the websites mm-hmm. and what's put the FaceTime, content up right? there. Mm-hmm. We got no internet. We can't use FaceTime. What would I do? I don't even call people. <laughs> I'm a FaceTimer. So you mentioned in our meeting, Angie, or who mentioned this? I think it, it might have been you, Zeke. Um, the need to, to unlearn to relearn mm-hmm. in these processes as far as reform reformation well reforming the education yeah all of the above mm-hmm. yeah i think like you know we go to school for 10 12 18 years like you know um and they teach us all this stuff about our history right like they teach us all these things that are really just untrue um they if we think about it like right just thinking about jesus right we go to church and they talk about Jesus, but when you see Jesus, you see a white man. In my mind, he's but imprinted the, as a white man. But in he's imprinted in your mind as a white man, right? But Jesus had hair wool. I ain't never seen a white person with hair wool, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had olive colored skin, right? So it signifying that Jesus was a brown man. Mm-hmm. But white people and society and education wants us to believe that white people are such saviors, mm-hmm. so bad that they always make white people. It's almost seem like a mental illness. Like, yeah, like it they is. always make white people in our text seem like the heroes or the conqueror or the strongest one or this and, and and portray black people as pretty weak you only and don't teach us about our black people they teach us about a few people right like the bare minimum and then they, they tell the same story they over and over martin luther king right and white jesus right they don't teach us about how 
black liberation, when we think about black liberation, it was about pastors who really said, like, we're going to stand up and fight back against this injustice system, right? They were fighting against white supremacy. Mm -hmm. These churches, that's what black liberation even came from. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, like, we've missed that whole idea. And I think that we have to, we really have to unlearn this idea that Jesus was white man. And I think it would empower us as people even Mm -hmm. more to see these great people as black folks, right? Or at least brown folks. The original man. And mm-hmm. not just unlearning mm-hmm. about Jesus being white, but like oh, how yeah, about learning like <laughs> more about like the the Marcus Garveys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they they teach us the bare minimum, and then yeah. they tell the same story over and over. How come every Black History Month, all we talk same about people. is Harriet, and all we talk about is like Dr. King being peaceful, right? But like Dr. P- King also had people that carry guns, right? Like he didn't just walk around with no gun. Like mm-hmm. his security team had a gun, right? Because at sure. the end of the day, you need a weapon to shoot somebody. I'm gonna shoot you. You know? And we don't talk enough about that last speech. Yeah, when he that realized life. that he, he walked his people into a burning bush, right? right? Like, he was like, man, we shouldn't have did this. This was the worst thing for society was integration. This was horrible. This was such an issue. And sometimes I think about that. I'm like, dang, like, what if we never integrated, right? Like, what if we just all had black, everything black, 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 black. But somehow, just like they took the, uh, just like they took the black banks, right? Just how they did the bomb and just how they continue to take our churches and things like that. As soon as we have something, it would just be the same thing. It's like, we can't, it's like, they don't want us to have total ownership. Right. One, I wouldn't be here if we never integrated. Cause my grandmama white. Shout I definitely got whites and Puerto Ricans. and. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, but even with that, right? Like they could have still been sneaking around, right? We didn't have to integrate for you to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, I mean, our ancestors think about it. They was raping us, right? Yeah, like, they were raping us. So like, you didn't have to be integrated. They still want you, right? Like white people, white People love black people. They love our culture, right? They, they love our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. That's just what it yes, is. Yes, the black women, the uh, the helpers, yep. the nurses. What do you call them? The maids. Mm-hmm. Did Colonel Sanders really come up with that recipe? Yes. Did Harriet Tubman <laughs> really say we out? <laughs> <laughs> black men. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just saying. To everything that we've been saying, though, like integration... That whole the whole burning house um, analogy. If we just kind of even came back to the fact that we're all one people, like as far as like a, a species, right. we're all humans. Just like you we know, what I'm saying the there's color. different uh, there's different types of dogs, but at the end of the day, they're all dogs. You know what I'm saying? There's it's different type of niggas, but you're still a nigga. Still nigga. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> period. I'm sorry, I just had to. Period. And it cool. Talking about house nigga, real nigga, faux nigga, real nigga. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real nigga. <laughs> Drop the beat, goddamn. People need to do the, the knowledge to, to their history of the people. I feel like white people too. Like, you need to realize, True. like, you know, like, they were from the Caucasus Mountains. Do y'all know why, like, at church, like, the ushers put their, 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 uh, hands behind their back? Hands behind their back. Cause they didn't want, they wanted to make sure they could watch them and they weren't stealing the money, right? Like, mm. so that's the reason why they did that. Like, it wasn't just... Why they wear gloves is because they couldn't touch nothing, right? That's why they wear them white gloves. They didn't want them to touch the money. They didn't so want them to touch rooted. the house. So it's so... It's like, sick. some of the things we've adopted goes so much deeper than we mm-hmm. even know. Um, and so it's just... Bro, <sighs> drop the gym about the fraternity shit. Hell yeah. This shit go way, way y'all back. Looking, y'all looking at me. Yeah, oh, shit. Nah, what are you looking at? You dropped the jewels on the Put me on. Put, Put me, me on. the motherfucking on. Uh-oh. I mean, don't get me banned on Facebook and Instagram and stuff with this. One. Nah, this was fucking. I mean, look, I mean, look, diversity is more than just color, you know. So 
when you think it's about so your schools, heavy. when you think about even your PWIs, you know, and your HBCUs, diversity is more than just a color. It's a, it's a different, you're looking at different perspectives everywhere you go. So, like, you know, when you think about your fraternities and sororities and things like that, uh, I forgot the author's name. Oh, forgive me. Was it Stolen Legacy? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I don't know who um, wrote it. I forgot who wrote it, but my brother gave me the book. But um, I did a lot of research just on the history of that itself. And like like you said, we are the original. You know, we're... The, it, Asiatic Legacy. You know, and a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like to hear that, hear that itself. But if... It was not for, if it weren't for, if it wasn't for war, how would we have peace? Mm -hmm. So, in Alexandria, there was a whole, there was a whole war, of course. You know, you, you guys can look that up. I'm not going to go into detail with it. That's what I'm not going to do. So, um, you got. the Greeks stole everything. Most definitely. So, you got, you got your Greeks and, you know, if you ever, if you ever looked at the, um, if you ever looked at the story of the Alexandrian library, it was burned down by the Greeks. And, but what they didn't say was that they burned the library down and took out all the books and moved all of the books to Greece. So, therefore, you have your, um, you have people like Socrates, um, Pythagoras. You got your Greek philosophers and Greek mathematicians and we things of that BC? nature. We talking this BC? Is, this is long. This mm -hmm. is long ago, you know. Also, uh, they just found a 50, they just, they just found that. a jawbone. 80,000 years old. 80,000 80, years, and it's 50,000 years before anything that was discussed in the Bible, but that's different. So, oh, what is it? And, what is life? But, yeah. books of the Bible, everything. <laughs> but anyway, so basically, man, everything that, you know, you look at the Pythagorean theorem and you're like, oh, Pythagoras, you think of the sculpture with this white guy and his beard and things of that nature, but he actually adopted all of these things from the Egyptian mystery schools. Yeah. So that's how you have the, the knowledge that was passed down to us still came from us. However, it was just presented to us where we looked at, we looked at these people as gods. However, they were trying to be what we already are. So. Mm. Mm. I am a revolutionary. revolutionary. <laughs> Y'all heard that Erica uh, by this song Soldier? Y'all know mm -hmm. that song? That's my shit. She be breaking that shit down. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I want to talk about the branding. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, I mean, yeah, if you ever look at, I mean, if you know anybody that's in the fraternity or things of that nature, yeah, they might like, um, I usually see that with a lot of like Q dogs and yeah. stuff like that. They usually have like the little brand on, they have the Omega brand on their arm or something like that. Man, that's just nothing but literal representation of what they used to do to us. Let's not say it's nothing, but because it means it's, a whole lot to them. It's more to it. It's more to it than that, and I'm sure of it. And I'm sure that there's more meaning and symbolism behind it. However, you are getting branded. There is nothing else to say. What do you What do you call it on your arm? You don't call it. You don't call it a symbol of me going through trials and tribulations. You call it a brand, and they brand you. It's like precisely exactly like an animal. You know, and my brother, who's an alpha, shout out Jr. Um, he's like, he's tell he tells me all the time. He was like, man, I would, I never wanted to do that shit. I never wanted to get branded. So that's why I didn't. You know, you have the Where option. That comes you, from it. But but listen, you actually have the choice. You have the choice to get branded or not, and people still do. Another <laughs> example of resilience because the fact that people would even willingly go through that not knowing the deeper part of it, I feel like as a black man, it's like 
you're probably saying like, yeah, look, at this is hard. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a tat. It's like, look what I went Denali. through to have that. Say, but you definitely got to go back and understand what Denali. you're doing. The one you thing a black person know how to do doing. is survive through right. any and everything. Come on now. That's a fact. Imagine. And by no means am I representing or trying to uh, post a view or create a viewpoint or some this type of constituency. Where, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, this I is have not a, lot a of, I have a lot of friends that are in fraternities. I have a lot of friends that are in politics and things of that nature. So it's more of a, it's more of a learning experience mm-hmm. for everybody. It's not, just, mm-hmm. it's not just us talking our shit. It's just us using the facts that we've learned and presenting them to the table and creating that and being able to hear each other's perspective. For sure. For sure. So. For sure. Speaking of that, today, one of my students and the grant, now, mind you, my kids are like 11, 12, 13, if, you know, life has been difficult for them. <laughs> one of them asked me today, uh, Miss Nelson, why don't you make such and such stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? I said, because that's her prerogative. She doesn't choose to stand. Whatever she believes in, whatever she's being told at home, Causes her to not stand. I'm not going to make her stand because that's her expressing herself. She's allowed to do that. I never wanted to say do the pledge. I, you know, but Child, let me tell y'all how I wouldn't say the pledge, but they, I had the audacity to sing the national anthem at the basketball game. <laughs> the black one? No. No, the black girl, one? I wasn't allowed to. I tried. I tried. <laughs> And What's I knew I was going to get suspended if I did. Word. Lift every voice. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You got to sing it. Yeah, you got to sing it for it to resonate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah, man. Another black And now a word from a word from liberation. It's the liberation of black lives for me. Man, my mom had me in the. Um, I was the lightest one in there too. My mom, she sent me to an all black Christian preschool when I was little, so mm-hmm. we had to sing that every morning. It was so cute. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, my dad knows that word for word, and he's like, son. Yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to get a little exposure, but you know, honestly, I ain't gonna lie, like that's what it was about in high school, right? But like I will say as you grow and you wake up, like you really won't do certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing you can you can't make me put my hand over my heart Period. now as an adult, right? Like you can't make me stand up in the city council meetings when they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, like right? Like I don't owe that to you. Mm-hmm. It's my right, right? So at the city council meetings, you know what I do? I sit down. You know what some other people do? They take a knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people, I think a lot of the problem is like when people want to wake up, right. Like people, people for me, it has been, Oh, well <laughs> it's like, it's almost as if you've changed, right. I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested and focused. I've refocused. I've changed my vision, right. Mm-hmm. Like things yeah. have been a little bit more clear. I'm able to see what I want. I'm able to go into a new direction. I think like a lot of times people see it as like, Oh, you're being, um, Phony, but it's like I've done this work my entire life. Like mm-hmm. anyone who knows me as a person, oh, anyone who knows me and knows like where I've come from and my mom, like my family, like they know like this is just the type of life mm-hmm. that we've lived. Like, right, we've always been that. Um, and I think like sometimes people think that because you give something so much of your time, you're not normal. Like, mm-hmm. right, like they, they lose, you lose the human side almost. It's like mm-hmm. she's an activist. She's an organizer. No, nah, but my real name is still Jackie. <laughs> Y'all might call me Angie, but I'm still Jackie and I still like to drink a shot of Hennessy, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm no different. Like, I'm the same person. It's just what's important to me is what's important to me. How do you and feel about um, 
activists as it pertains to social media? You know, honestly, I'm trying to be a savage, like, what's that game changer? So, I mean, I can't really talk. But I think there is a level of, like, respect you have to have, right? Like, um, you have to be careful about posting misinformation, right? As a leader, you want to make sure that you're posting the right things, like, as far as real content. You don't want a lot of people. You don't, don't want to mislead people. You don't want to mm-hmm. mislead people, right? You want to make sure that people can rely on your word. Um, and I think, like, I'm not going to post naked pictures, right? Like, I think there's still a level of, like, respect that you just have because you're in that place. Like, yeah. if you're you're feeling like you're a role model. Because, I mean, it just is what it is. I'm not saying women that are half naked can't be role models. I'm just saying it's not me, right? Well, it, like, well it's values to both sides of it. So. Right, right. You know, so, I mean, I think um, social media for me personally is more so... To share my content, right? To share the work that I'm doing. You might get a nice selfie. You might not get a nice beach picture, right? Like, it just depends. But I think that there's still just for me personally, I don't, not judging anything that anyone else does because the activist world will come and rip my neck apart. But um, for me, there's like just this level of decency where it's like my private life, right? Like, and people are crazy. Like, you get death threats. You get all this kind of stuff. You start showing your naked body. Now they chase it after you. They want some whole other stuff, right? Like, you're already, now they not only want to kill you because you're black, but now they might want to rape you too, right? Right. Like, they, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. White supremacists are crazy. Yeah. So that's dad, another part of so it, really. Said that. My dad always said, like, when it comes to dealing with the police as a woman, like, you know, like, they're not going to try to beat you. They're going to try and rape you. So he was like, you got to be smart. But that's what my dad taught me from a young age. Like, be careful with these police. They hold protesters hostage. Men, crazy. Right? I mean. I had some horrible encounters with the police. They be they use their power for, for, like, anything. I know um my old salon owner, she got pulled over by the police one time. He wanted to get her number. One time I was in in the uh, 7-Eleven. The police was on some, ugh. It's just, they just make you, they don't make you feel safe. They really abuse their power. So piggybacking off of that then a little bit, um, there's the conversation has been posed since May about abolishing the police. Mm. <laughs> Is that something that <laughs> seems realistic? <laughs> no. Naya, you just want them to come for me, right? I, want, <laughs> like, I don't want them to come, come for you. Just live for them. I'm just like, Period. <laughs> we got you. We motherfucking better got um. you. <laughs> Oh man, who protects us? We protect us, boy. I'm telling no you, please don't do it. <laughs> no um, you know, like I'm protected. Abolishing I'm isn't a bad idea, right? Like but. abolishing systems isn't a bad idea. But a lot of people that talk about abolishing the system have no idea what system they want to use after. <laughs> they have mm-hmm. not thought about That's a system to create. Shit. They have not thought about what the system will look like. They have not thought about what abolishing looks like and what it looks like to have no order. Right. Literally no order. Just have rapists doing raping, murderers murdering, looting, looting. And hey, I mean, I give me that Gucci bag real quick. You ain't hear me say that. You don't even know what I say that. Allegedly, yeah, take that one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like honestly, um, I think that the biggest start is infiltrating the system. If you want to change something, if you want to have impact, you have to infiltrate that system and bring that impact. If we can get people in, if we can literally take every seat in city council, now the city council operates a completely different way, right? Mm-hmm. So now we don't reform, we don't change this whole system up and we ain't have to abolish it because we made it the system that protects us. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of us moving from protest to policy and moving into these places where we say, hey, we can have this seat. We can change this. We can make this system work for us because we have the power. Where there's people, there's power. We get out the vote. We put these people in the offices and they owe it to us to do their jobs. They have accountability. These white people don't, that are in these seats, they don't care about us. 
nobody's holding them accountable as far mm-hmm. as speaking up about black lives because guess what it doesn't relate to them mm-hmm. yep. they don't live it they don't mm-hmm. walk in our shoes from day to day mm-hmm. we got to change the people that are in power infiltrate the system in order to break it down and build it back up into what it needs to be mm-hmm. right the system was never built for us but we can make it work for us use it to help basically mm-hmm. make it work for us right mm-hmm. change the po- laws and policies like right now our thing is a citizens review board in every state with over every city with over a hundred thousand uh, population of a, over one hundred thousand, right? So, <clears throat> if you're someone who's running for a candidacy in that state, then you better be back in that citizens review board, right? Like we should only be voting for people that are are saying, "Hey, I want a citizens review board in every city." Mm-hmm. If you not, if that's not what your agenda is, then you don't need to be in office. And so mm-hmm. we have to start taking that mindset of like one, two, three. Mm-hmm. We want this, we want this, and we want this. And if we don't, we not getting this from you. We don't want you. Mm-hmm. We have to take that power. I think that's what like Diddy and them was saying. Correct me if I'm wrong. As far as like leading up to the 2020 election, like not just giving, giving the vote, vote to the mm-hmm. Democrats, but saying, and I know Killer might be on that shit like heavy. It's like can't speak about him. I don't know much that he does within them. Not yeah yeah. I'm not saying like anything <laughs> he does personally, but I know like his message has been we need to organize a list of what we want yeah, and present it to either side and say, look, who is which side of the aisle is going to, you know what I'm saying, look out for the black folks. And that's ultimately who we need to go for. Well, the problem is, it's like now you do have people that are starting to speak out, right? But like mm-hmm. a lot of these people that have the opportunities to even sit in these rooms with these people of power. They're not thinking about this because they are there. They've arrived. They done got their money. They got their checks. They got their businesses, their properties. Mm-hmm. Now that they're killing so many black folks and if they can't escape it and you can capitalize off of our deaths because celebrities are capitalizing off of us too. Mm-hmm. They are capitalizing off of our murders left and right. Every song is talking about black lives now, mm-hmm. right? And half of them won't even show up to a protest. Half of them won't donate their time or their money. Let's talk about the music that influences niggas to get to be killing each other and doing the shit that well, it's a big problem the right industry is nothing but people profiting off of pain exactly mm-hmm. and so all we do is profit off of pain whether it's a heartbreak whether it's a miscarriage whether it's a rape whatever it is we talk about it in our music all for some money like all for some money all for money right so we well, have we complete talk about money too in the J. Song, Cole so. could have been the top rapper right like let's just talk about it J. Cole got this great message right a lot of his music is mad woke Mm-hmm. Right. Dom Kennedy, right? A lot of these rappers, real woke, right? Kendrick. Ken- oh, of course, but Kendrick. People know Kendrick, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you he, know he Kendrick. Made a whole Kendrick, album, right? Like, I ain't black, no but mm-hmm. but it's like these rappers. You don't hear about them, right? But you hearing about Gunna. I don't even know what he be talking about, right? Like you hearing about you hearing about these rappers that just. I mean, just music to your ears, and that's good, right? But there's no real message, right? Mm-hmm. It's just this, like, let's twerk, like, right? Like, I love Cardi B. I love Meg Thee Stallion, right? Yeah. But I, can I get one song that's not about some WAP, right? Can I get one song from y'all? Mm-hmm. Yes, Cardi B uses her platform, right? She does. She does use it. She brings Bernie, and she does all this stuff. But can we get one song, maybe? Can we get one song that's dedicated to the work that's being done on the ground? And then we that's got real. an artist like Lil Baby that did create a song he and did. used the platform. But did he but donate the money? Mm. Did he donate the money to the organizations? Can, what's that song can we even find received? a list? Well, for okay, real. So can you Google about, the list? Is it about the money or is it about the message? It's not about the money, but if he said that he was donating the money and we didn't get the money, then where's the money? You still capitalizing off of black people. And if you don't give that money out and disperse them, like every state should be able to 
feed some activists, right? Like every state you should be able to give that's one point five million dollars. It's so 1. much work you can do with that, right? Dollars. Listen, I can tell you what I'll do with it <sighs> anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, they just capitalize a lot off us. I mean, from what I know, Rayshard Brooks' family didn't even know that they were going to use that scene at the Grammys. So imagine you watching the Grammys and, like, they're replaying your son's yeah. murder. Yeah, they got a lot of slack for that, yeah. Like, that's terrible, right? That's and so it's horrible. like, we have to do better with um, making sure that we're sensitive, right? I think mm-hmm. we've become so desensitized that we don't even realize how painful this can be for people. Well, sometimes the artist, the artist might feel that, too. But they just want to be an artist. It's just like, how can I contribute? And that's another part of this conversation because everybody can't go be the activist like yeah. Miss Angie Day here. I don't have it in my spirit. I just, I, I'm just, it's too much, you know? I can't handle it. Can't but we can play it. a role. You can play a role. We can play a role, you know? You're playing your role right now, right? And But but we need to receive it that way. Like, I I, I tell you off the grid all the time, like, I, I be feeling like I, I need to know my place about it. I mean, I think, like... What people have to realize is that black liberation is going to take a lot of different parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, black liberation, even, you know, when we think about the Underground Railroad and we think about Harriet Tubman, right? She had white folks, right, that, you know, Using they helped. They used their yeah. homes to help get us to freedom, to cross that path, right, and to cross that state line. And so, like, there are people that offer their homes, but there are people that are willing to feed protesters, right? There are people that are willing to buy snacks. There are people that are willing to pull out card out there there are people willing to go and and wait after like if people are arrested and do bail support right Mm -hmm. there's people that can do that there are people that can simply do flyers and protest posters right like and can use their time for that there are people that can donate their time their money because they have restaurants and give percentages back to organizations right like people that can use their businesses and do donation drives you can use your voice as a radio host to tell other people about what's going on and, and interview organizers right and, and come back and do regular checks don't let it just be a one time we have this conversation but let's do uh, every four month update right every three month update quarterly let's let's continue to make sure that that message is shown so it's so many ways you can create a piece of music you can create artwork you can go and do a paint and sip for community moms right like it's so many different things you can do to give your time and show that like this is what community looks like and black liberation looks like mm-hmm. You don't have to have a designated role. You make your role. You find your role because it's what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and how can it bring black liberation, Mm -hmm. period. You know, speaking on that, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Teens With a Purpose, Mama Mm -hmm. D. That's what they do out there. They got a program where they service um, the community by uh, maintaining the community garden right in between Young's Park and Curry Park or Calvert Square. And it brings young teenagers in to, uh, like, actually maintain the garden. And then they get to, like, pass the food out in the community. And then they get paid to do that, too. So That's it's what's like up. A, And they're exposed to mentors. Right. But it's free food for the community, a job for the team. So, like, they're not out here, you know what I'm saying, trying to do exactly. whatever it is right. for money at that age. We have um, to create revenue early, right? We right. have to create revenue and opportunities at a young age. It Our starts babies. so early. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching self-esteem, right, and the importance of those things. When I look at the like the lives that have lost, right, like, I mean, there are so many different people who have died, and they look all look like us, right? right. They all look like us, and um, they all had something different that they were doing, right? And they all had some type of way that they would have been able to contribute to the movement. And so when we think about where their lives have gone and saying, like, hey, we have to stand for those lives lost because at any day it could be any of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would hate to be saying one of our names. Mm-hmm. Well, saying one of y'all's names and y'all saying and, my and name, we, right? we are. We are. Like, like Donovan Lynch. That was my friend. And, mm. Man, <laughs> bringing up that case is like, 
really, really difficult. Um, I've been working with Xavier Hill's family. He was killed uh, in Goochland in January, Goochland, Virginia, during a traffic stop, went bad. He was 18 years old, murdered. 18 years old. 18 years old. His mom's been going hard, 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 hard. Latoya, she's a strong woman, been going so hard for her son when nobody else believed. She was out there protesting when it was just her and her sister, right? Mm -hmm. And they were out there trying to raise awareness and so just faithful and, and faithful to the cause. But he was from Norfolk, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have, of course, India Kager. You have Demario Joyner. You have all these other names, Coleman Sample. You have all these people who have died in this area. But then you have Donovan Lynch. And this one, once again, we have no body cameras. Once again, we have no crime being committed. We have a black college-educated man, right? That, we have a mentor. very active in this community. An entrepreneur, active, right? Like, building music artists, building opportunities, trying to build a security uh, security firm, just trying to do so many different things to better our community. And it's like, how do we get here once again? Every time I hear another name, it's like, how did we get here once again? And so even with that, right, like even this moment is allowing me to say his name to people that may have never even known these two people's stories, right? Nobody may have ever heard of Xavier Hill. Nobody mm -hmm. may have ever heard of Donovan and... We, it's been five long weeks, four long weeks, excuse me, and we still have not had the officers' names released, right? We still haven't had um, any of the information as far as what happened that night released. Um, DeShayla Harris still trying to figure out what happened to her that night, right? And it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's like, how many more names are we going to say? When are we going to be done? Where's the accountability? Like, where's the accountability? People think that because Derek Chauvin was found guilty, then that's enough. That's not justice. It's so many names that have been said. That's accountability. That's not justice. Justice would have been never taken his life. And from what I've read, it's only been six police officers com convicted to the capacity that he has Come been. Come on now. In that's the last how, how many years? How many? Since like the early 2000s? It's only been six. They have decided to bring federal charges against him and the other the three other officers with Derek Chauvin and for the killing of George Floyd. But we have such a long way to go, right? We have so much more work to do. We have Virginia Beach that doesn't want to give any account. They don't want to take responsibility for the murder of Donovan, but it was an assassination. It was an execution. I can't go too deep. Obviously, it's a pending case. But from what they have released to the public, is that Donovan was committing no crime. He was shot twice within very close range. The officers didn't have their body cameras on, which that's totally against their policy. So we have so many problems with Especially this Especially knowing that millions of dollars are going millions, towards 5. the body cams. $5.5 million. Alone. $5.5 million. And his body was moved twice. Mm. We need accountability. And this is why the fight has to continue. This is why I do the work that I do, right? Because someone has to stand up for these lives that are being lost in the streets. Someone has to say, hey, like, this can't continue to happen. And it's up. To, and all of us should be saying that. That should be everyone's thing should be saying, like, hey, black lives matter. But here we are asking, do black lives really matter? Mm -hmm. Do black lives still matter? And, this, and on top of that... We going back to people, you know, monetizing our pain. Like every day, we got to see this on social media. We got to see these new TV shows. Like we don't get it. New movies. Netflix is killing us with all these, um, these these police brutality movies or just remaking the situation like in a different storyline. We're living it. Why every do y'all want to keep making movies about something that we're living? Mm -hmm. We're literally living in it. You don't have to make a movie. Just go watch the news. <laughs> we're living it. 
Well, somebody could say the same thing about less. I mean, of course, I love what you do, but somebody could say the same thing about profiting off of pain. If you trying to make a change, some people might see it differently. Like my 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 Instagram. If you look at my social media, I'm showing. I'm feeding people, right? Like, we're showing what's going on within the community. We're showing defunding the police, and we're showing data, mm-hmm. right? And that's we're showing what, that's research. So that's too. that's more so for me. Like, I get it. Like, I get what you're saying. I think, like, yeah, that can be a thing, but I think there also has to be transparency, right? Like, my org doesn't even... We don't bring in large donations, right? Like, I got a $50 donation the other day. That made that paid for 25 hand sanitizer and paid for some chips and some uh, uh, toiletries for the shelter, right? Like, there's not $1,000 donations coming through my org like some of these other orgs out here in this area, right? Yeah. So we could drop the receipts and look at gas, but I'm driving, you know, sometimes I'm driving... Three hours in one day, right? So that's yeah. that's gas. So if somebody spends fifty dollars, that's two, that's in one week. That's gas for one week, right? Yeah. Hypothetically, with doing the work. Right. So I think like it's I I don't mind being honest and transparent about those things. And I think that's a big problem, right? Like I wish people would know that I haven't had I haven't worked since last year. I wish people people should know that I haven't worked. I don't get unemployment. I don't get PUA. So I'm doing this work off of whatever savings I've had and whatever minute donations might come in. So I think like the other part of it is transparency, right? Like. If people would be honest and share their story, share that they're not working, share that these things are going on, people would know, like, I'm not making nothing. I had these same this out these shoes for two years, right? Like I, yeah. I I'm I'm very much like sticking to what I already have, right? To create yeah. a better future. Using so, what you have to make the best out of it. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, any dime I get is going to go towards giving to the shelter, giving to the homeless, doing whatever. And that's because it's just bigger than me. Like, yeah, for graduation, I'm going to be fly. Don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but guess what? Somebody cashed at me money for my graduation makeup. Mm-hmm. Somebody's doing my photo shoot for free. Because when you build community and people see that you're about business, they will make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, that's the... So, I don't have to speak for myself because God speaks for me. Like, he... Mm-hmm. When you chase purpose, platform, and money, and all that other stuff follows, right? You don't have to chase any of that. Just chase God. Chase the purpose that he's laid within you and your heart. And that's what I try to do on a daily basis. And that's what keeps me doing the work is because I know that God has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm a peculiar people, right? I know that he has a plan to prosper me. I know that I'm a gift from God. On my foot, you asked about my background earlier. I was born not breathing. I have a bow on my foot. If you outline it with my pen, you can see I have a bow on my foot. And I know that I'm a gift to this world. And I know I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do change. I know I was born to do this work mm-hmm. you know and so I don't mind being honest and transparent mm-hmm. right because I don't have if you don't have nothing to hide you don't mind right. and that's another part of it we have to become more transparent in doing this work mm-hmm. we have to let people know like hey yeah I am out here struggling because this person might actually be able to help you mm-hmm. people have attacked my car somebody took, tried to take the tire off my car last year they left a note saying you need to be stopped right somebody just put the headlight out in my car little things people continuously somebody put a dent in my car it happens to me all the time, right? Because when you're trying to do something different, all the odds will come up against you. So how do you deal with mental health with all that being said? Try Jesus, not me. Because I throw hands. <laughs> um, yeah, I talk to God. I talk to God in private. I talk to God in private. I talk to God in public, you know? Um, I think, like... Mental health is a big thing. Like, I know I need therapy, right? Because I can't, I can't have the cops turn on the sirens without my heart beating on my chest. Like, I might panic and can't drive. Like, it's, it's bad, the trauma mm-hmm. of this work, right? But I pray because, one, I know that God has everything that I need. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that 
self-care looks like I have to take the time to rest, right? Like I'm learning to take that 30 minutes out of my day. I'm learning that, yeah, I'm going to have to turn my phone off for Mm -hmm. a little while. Like I'm learning that you just need to go outside and sit on your patio and breathe, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's okay. Self-care could be taking deep breaths. I ain't gonna lie, I baked me some chocolate chip cookies before I came here. And that was my self-care. Like, just do what you do. doing something that makes, makes me happy. happy. Mm-hmm. This, this is self-care. Being yeah. able to have this conversation, being able to talk about the things, laugh, yeah. have fun, be have a serious conversation, but lightheartedly. Mm-hmm. That's self-care. For sure. For sure. Okay, I think this is a great point for our 24 karat gem. Well, just before we end it, I just want to say uh, one name that it was. This happened like ten years ago, before you know Black Lives Matter was really a thing in Norfolk. There was a young man, uh, Jamar Hassel, came up out of the Norview area. He was killed by the police at eighteen years old. Say you know, his name. Just want to give those people that respect from out that way. Yeah, and since you said that, I do want to just make a point to make sure we say um, justice for Xavier Hill, justice for DeShayla Harris, justice for Demario Joyner, justice for India Kager, justice for Donovan Lynch, justice for Black Lives. We are fighting. This is just uh, in Virginia, these things that have happened, but we're in a state of emergency all over the world. Mm-hmm. All over the world. Mm-hmm. 24 carriages. 24 <laughs> The 24 karat jam. Okay, am I right? <laughs> um, Asada Shakur said, it is our duty to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. We must love and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. It's the liberation of black lives for me, y'all. Okay, okay. Do what you can. Don't think that there's nothing that you can do. Miss Angie Day has implanted that in me. I want to instill that within you. That's and beautiful. that was a bar on accident. <laughs> That's beautiful. This was great, guys. Yeah, thank I feel you for it. being I here. I definitely feel it. Yeah, I feel empowered. Wonderful thank you conversation for being I have with wonderful people. Yes, yeah. it was. It was beautiful, y'all. I'm so glad. I hope y'all have me again. No, we just saying. Like, you, you, uh, you just held us period. accountable. Yeah, once, once every quarter, <laughs> don't make this a one time thing. Yeah. We got to keep talking have about a it. Conversation. We got to make them uncomfortable. You have to make people comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like uncomfortable being comfortable. What is it? Be, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, because it is a bigger, bigger picture, picture, right? Guys. Like, people have to really realize, like, we're uncomfortable every day of our lives, mm-hmm. right? Like, we have to sit in these spaces, be uncomfortable. We have to learn this botched up white history. Like, we have to deal with poor credit. We have to deal with so many things that have haunted our families, generational trauma. We have to deal with the policing system. So they're going to have to learn how to deal with the statement, Black Lives Matter. They, they wasn't screaming All Lives Matter until we started screaming Black Lives Matter. That's oh, all I'm saying. Word. And all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. Where you, Pooh? The Trinity Podcast, y'all. Peace and light. And we out. We Peace lit. and blessings.